Welcome to the State of CRM Podcast. I'm Matt Engstrom, and I'm here with Ben Boutier. And today, we are excited to have another guest on the podcast and kind of continuing along the theme with travel and tourism, which I think is a really interesting industry to follow, potentially the most interesting industry to follow right now as folks have been locked down to various degrees over the last year. And now some markets are looking to reopen again we're seeing a lot of shifts. And I think there's some conceptions around the fact that people haven't been traveling, which actually isn't true. We've just seen some shifts in the nature of travel. And then as we look over or forward to the next few months, I think we're going to see some exciting trends. And we have an expert from TUI, which is actually the world's largest leisure tourism and travel company, to talk a little bit about those trends. So I'd like to introduce Anne-Marie Von Hecke, who is the head of CRM and customer analytics, Benelux, uh, from TUI, who's going to talk a little bit more about some of those trends. But I think I'm going to kick it over to Amory to uh, introduce herself, talk a little bit about her experience, what she's doing at TUI, and uh, we can go from there. So Amory, I'd like to, uh, to kick it over to you. Okay, great. Um, hi all, I'm um, Anne-Marie. I'm, uh, I've been working already for uh, about uh, 30 years in tourism, so in different functions, and since a few years as uh, CRM and Customer Analytics um, Head of for Benelux. Uh, so we have a small team, we will try to work very efficiently, and we all love travel. Uh, and uh, even more now, uh, we, love, we would love to sell travel again to all our customers. Cool. Um, thank you, Anne-Marie, uh, for joining us for, for the podcast, for sure. And um, maybe to kick off the, 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 the question and, and the, our discussion, something that every company in the travel industry uh, had to face, or almost a, every company had to face uh, in the last um, year, is the fact that you, have, you had to adapt to uh, different regulations. By mm -hmm. definition, you are, you are, you are, you are working in, in travel industry making people travel from one destination uh, from one starting point to a destination and this decision can be different countries different area on earth and and um, and regulation were different so my first question i guess is how did you adapt what what's the, what was the plan and how difficult it was to be sure to be ahead of all this change uh, regulation uh, adaptation depending on the on the on the market uh, you are you were operating. Mm -hmm. uh, so the the last year it was a really uh, challenging challenging uh, period, uh, but also a very interesting period, because uh, we we had to give the best of ourselves as a team and as a person with all the knowledge that we have available, uh, because at any opportunity that we saw to make a sale we had to be able to react. So we had to be very reactive. But in fact, um, our re we had to be reactive to what the world around us was was what was happening in the world around us. So we were very dependent on everything which was decided politically. At some point, um, the government decided on uh, Friday evening that travel was not allowed anymore, and we had to inform customers who were supposed to travel the day on Saturday morning. So that was very challenging as an organization, but also for us in the marketing team, it was very challenging because at any time we had to stay on top of what is the regulation now, what's opening, what's closing, where do we see an opportunity? So it was challenging as an organization operationally, but also challenging challenging as a as a marketing team. Yeah, and, and uh, we know that's 
being a marketer, whatever the, the industry, that's, uh, that's always a challenge. But uh, like a lot of uh, different uh, jobs, and all jobs, they uh, own its, uh, its challenges. But adding this level of um, input, uh, I would say that uh, that's, uh, that might uh, have been uh, really, uh, really uh, complicated because adding an, another layer of, uh, of reactivity, agility to uh, to add. Uh, yeah. really, uh, really interesting to, to, yeah, to highlight, to, 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 uh, to explain that. Um, thank you for, for that. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, it's interesting to, um, and I know, Amory, you've been paying a lot of attention to this as well, but I think like, for example, in, in the US where I've had a little bit more visibility, like tr the patterns of travel have changed a bit from basically the length or the distance people are traveling from home to the types of destinations people are going to, whether it be the city or the countryside, international versus domestic. Um, it'd be great to get some insight from you since you've been, uh, you've had your finger on the pulse of this for the last year around like how, how have people or how has travel behavior shifted? How have cons how has consumer behavior in terms of like the types of destinations and things been impacted by government regulations, lockdown due to, due to COVID, or even just, uh, you know, caution around health issues as it relates to this? Yeah. So um, we have, um, how to say, so we have seen a lot of trends. Um, it can be a trend in what people want to buy, what kind of travel they are willing to buy. But we also have seen a lot of trends in the messaging that we have to send them. So at at the first period of the lockdown, we had a lot of cancellations. We had a lot of had to inform customers that their holiday was cancelled. So we had a lot of information to be given to customers. Your your, your holiday is uh, still going uh, to happen. Your holiday is still going to be cancelled. Uh, you will receive a voucher. You will get money back, things like that. So um, that first phase when, in fact, we could not sell any travel, um, we have seen that we had to give a lot of information to customers, but a lot of care messages as well. And um, what also we had to do is that um, even if there was no sales message, which is normally our CRM communication, we had to stay in contact with the customer because we, we wanted that our brand would be top of mind once travel reopens. Um, so we were, were constantly looking at what is the message that we can send. So we had in this first phase, we were looking at uh, what type of confidence message do we have to give. And then slowly, slowly, we could start selling um, holidays again. And then we had to look at um, what destination is opening. So that's what you said. We were dependent on the regulations, on the political decisions, what is green, what is red, etc. So we were looking what uh, type of holiday can we sell but also what is the sentiment in the market because it's not because that you can sell a holiday that everybody who receives your message is open for that message and I know this should not be a promotional spot for Tiny Clues but at that time Tiny Clues really um, helped us because uh, with Tiny Clues we were trying to find the people who were open at that time to find to receive uh, travel information or or let's say uh, who were open to receive messages about buying a holiday. So we had a very um, consumer-focused attitude because we wanted to know which customers are open for sales holiday messages. We also wanted to know which customers 
are open to which message. So we did a lot of surveys um, asking customers what is at this moment important for you. So we learned from those surveys, surveys that, uh, for instance, um, a money-back guarantee would convince them to buy a holiday because then they knew that they were taking less risks. And also, um, not only not everybody wanted the money back, some wanted to be able to change the date of the holiday. So then we could start messaging about those topics that we have, uh, that we give them confidence and that we are a trustworthy party with giving them a lot of guarantees whenever they buy a holiday, that we are there at that time when the holiday is cancelled, that we will also be there for them. And um, so it was a period where we had this constant uh, monitoring of uh, customers, customer sentiment, market sentiment and political and the world are surrounding us. So, and referring to the other part of your question where you said, um, what are the trends? So, of course, at certain uh, moments, and still it is the case in Netherlands, you cannot travel um, out of the Netherlands. Um, so we saw a big shift to domestic holidays. And within that shift, we also saw that before, if people were going to the Belgian, to the Belgian coast or the Ardennes or the, the Dutch coast, um, we saw it was most for a, a short break, for a weekend. But now we really see that people go book for one week or two weeks, um, this kind of holidays. And um, what we also have um, done, in fact, because... It, it was a challenging period where we had to take any opportunity to make a sale, we had to take it because we are a company under pressure. Um, so we also have seen some opportunities and one of the opportunities we have noticed is workation. So we made a complete program for customers who um, have been working very long time at home um, and who want to work at home, but in an, uh, let's say, in a holiday destination. And that's also one of the products we developed during these difficult times. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. And um, and if I and I, I try to to uh, to summarize or pack the, what you were explaining is that you had a first phase more explanation uh, on, on to, to provide more explanation, more more that, that that was more management of the customer expectation, travel, not travel. Cancellation. Uh, finally, that's your travel is still uh, up. Then uh, you were preparing and uh, adapting to different message, the different message for restart. So, so being sure that you are top in mind still to your customer when they will want to to travel again. And depending on the region and, and the, the the different new mode of of traveling, you explained the. The B2B thing, the, the fact that uh, people want to, uh, to work, uh, do uh, home, I mean, from home, but uh, move their home and, and being from a, a more, more um, touristic uh, or holidays um, location. Uh, that's different phase. And I just want to maybe to, to come back on this last phase that require, uh, at least it sounds that it require more reactivity uh, again and more more agility uh, from your team to promote uh, this this decision, this new type of, of travel. And uh, um, my question is, how did you adapt? How, how did you anticipate that? Have you prepared? I mean, uh, maybe the first thing that come in mind is that you had maybe uh, prepared a lot of different offers and you are sending that uh, when you can uh, send them or uh, when it's 
possible to do it or you are just reactive depending on the announcement? Mm. So we had to be both. We had to be very agile, very quickly reacting to what happens. And on the other hand, we were also preparing. So we had we have like a kind of relaunch plan, which we know at a certain point there will be a relaunch and we will be able to start selling holidays again. Um, so we prepared it, but sometimes we had a date in mind and we couldn't launch it. For instance, we had a TV ad, which was, let's say, uh, all the um, all the publicity time in, on TV and radio was bought. And let's say a few days before we had to cancel it. So then we had to restart. So we have prepared, but we, at any time we had to be able to react very, in a very agile way. And also for the TV ads, um, those those dates were blocked. So it took us, let's say, extra um, time and workload to renegotiate those contracts, to renegotiate those uh, fares, um, to find uh, other moments when we can we could reuse those uh, those blocked periods in fact so it was to react to answer to your question we had to be both we had to on the one hand prepare certain moments and topics which we expected to come and on the other hand we had to be ready to go at any moment with any message sometimes from one from one day to another yeah and, and this drives me to to the next part of uh of, of the this organization is that the human the, the team doing it because uh because that's that's tough for the business Mm -hmm. I know that when we we, we discussed to uh, to uh, to prepare this uh, this this interview, uh, you were mentioning that, like in a lot of company, uh, you had to follow uh, some some part of the team mm -hmm. uh, during a period. And so, in one end, you need to be more agile to uh, anticipate to do a lot of more thing in in a quick time of reaction, and you have less resources, or the, the, you had to reorganize or to shape differently the, the way you, you are working. Um, how this uh, happened? How, how did you manage that? So um, let's say before COVID, we had the aim to work more uh, Bene. So we were we had the aim to have a closer collaboration between the team in, ben, in, ben, in Belgium and in uh, the Netherlands. And in fact, because of the situation that was, let's say, automatically and in a natural way created because the people in the Netherlands, because of the regulations, which were different, were not furloughed. They had to work full time. And on the Belgian people, the team had to be on furlough. So they had, we had to work together. And uh, so we, st we changed our way of working and we are working now so after well, quickly and already now for some months, we are working really as a Bene team where someone in, in, in Holland, in the Netherlands, they prepare communications which will be used in, in Belgium. And at another time, when there is more availability in Belgium, the people in Belgium prepare messages for uh, for the Dutch uh, customers. But what we also try to do is, before we thought that every country was very different, we know that there is a lot of in common and some things are different. So now we first work on the things which are in common and the content which is in common. And then we add on top of that that country-specific elements. Okay, so, so it was a very good progress for us as yeah. in, in our way of working. More, more global communication or, or, or work, and then localization the, for the final yeah. the final mile, yeah. the final yeah. steps. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. That's it. Um, and and so, in your opinion, um, th this is a change that was provoked by the by the situation and, and uh, all these crises in, in in this industry and in the world, but uh, for, especially for the industry. Um, is it something that you will keep 
uh, a way of working that you will keep in the teams, mm -hmm. or or you think that's uh, that you will revert back to to the old way? I mean, the the, the way you were doing. No, no, no. Um, what we see is also that, uh, in fact, the teams they really enjoy. Um, okay. It's uh, the fact that they now learn about that other market. It's like an enrichment for them. It makes their job more interesting. So they like to work internationally, and we have also a lot of contact with with our uh, uh, colleagues in Germany or in UK or Nordics. So people. Let's say it's it's like a more international world, although everybody works at home and there is less international contact. The fact that we have this Bini way of working is really an added value for them because um, they learn other learn about other cultures, they learn about other people, they learn about other travel trends. So for them, it's like a kind of a boost. The fact that uh, that they can do Bini uh, for now. Yeah, really positive. Not a. Looking at the bright side of the the impact of the yeah. crisis too. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's so, it's so interesting. It's kind of ironic actually that probably one of the most isolating years for people in in the case of Tui's actually brought people in the company together and caused uh, you know people to to sort of like uh, connect across borders and things like that. So so interesting to hear you know kind of the impact not just on on the industry, but also on the way that the TUI itself is operating. And I think that's a, or there's a lot of learnings that people could take and probably apply to their own businesses from that approach. Um, kind of thinking about, you know, like continuing on that positive note and thinking about the future. I think, you know, we've been talking a bit about it, but, you know, obviously COVID has changed behavior so significantly. And the fact that uh, in one way, working from home means you have to sort of you know, remain at home or, or that it's caused isolation. But on the other hand, uh, to your point, Amory, it's also allowed people to work from other locations or take longer vacations because kids are working from home, people are, or kids are learning from home, parents are working from home. So it's sort of shifted behavior significantly. And I'm kind of curious thinking about, you know, summer in particular, which is the biggest travel period really of the year in terms of people having time and and vacation time, and also the weather is better um, to be able to travel, go places. And I think like kind of circling back to the beginning, there's a an itch to scratch around being able to, to for people yearning to get out and to move around again. And I think um, I'd love to get your perspective on, you know, the summer months up ahead. Like, what do you think travel will look like? Do you think there'll be uh, a, a, a resurgence of people looking to to get out or to, to visit new locations, or do you think there'll still be caution? Um, and as it relates to that, like kind of what do you what do you see are the major trends over the next few months, and then potentially beyond as well uh, as as the world in 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 different ways hopefully will start to open up again. Mm. Um, so to the first part of your question. Um, what do I expect for next summer? Um, it's very individual. We see that also in our service that people have very different expectations. In general, we we see a lot of people who, um, we see a group of people who say, I don't want to book for this summer. I leave it for one year and I save my money for the next year and a fantastic holiday. Um, what we also see is that people now who have not been able to travel last year, that they book a little bit longer or they take a sea view room to make the holiday even better because they could spend 
uh, saves a little bit more money for their holiday of this year. Then we also see people who say, well, I will not travel by flight, I go by car. Um, and then you also have people who um, who uh, go on a vacation like I'm doing myself now. So um, it depends really uh, on the individual taste of the customers. And then for the second part um, of your question, um, as a company, and it was a really, honestly, the spirit in the whole company um, from, from, from the top, in fact, but also from, from the people in my team, is that everybody was very positive about the future. We know that um, travel is kind of basic need now for people. And we knew we were confident that travel would come back. And the fact that we knew that, it gave us a lot of energy during that difficult uh, time. And um, in that period, the, the, the company also took the opportunity to make the company more lean, to make the company more cost efficient, um, even more dig digital where possible, and also even more customer focused. So um, there is a, a way of saying, uh, never waste a good crisis. But uh, what I've seen happening in TUI is that a lot of good things have happened during this crisis. Great. Um, and maybe before um, wrapping, wrapping up the, the, the episode, I would like to highlight or ask you uh, this, this um, to explain or share this uh, anecdote we, we, you shared with us uh, when we were talking before the, the, the call, uh, the recording. Um, TUI own is on a plane. And, um, and in order to welcome all travelers uh, during summer, I know that uh, you explained that you were already take, taking decision and investment and, and TUI was investing time and money uh, in order to do that and in a specific way, especially when we are not from this industry, uh, something that is not obvious is that to fly uh, a plane need a pilot and the pilot need to be trained and to practice and to have a lot of hours in the air and and can you explain a little bit what what's uh, happened uh, right now and what you you did to be sure that you can uh, uh, mm -hmm. yeah be present uh, at the at the right time um yes so we in marketing had to be very flexible but also we have a lot of owned planes uh, with our airline so um, keeping one hour a plane at the ground is already a big investment, but for days and days and days is even more bigger investment. So also the, the team in the airline was very agile and trying to find any opportunity. So we have transformed our um, airline partly into a cargo company. Uh, so we have brought into the different source markets we have brought in uh, melons for instance um, but also uh, medical equipment um, as well and of course it's now happening all this kind of cargo uh, traffic but at the same time we know that summer people will travel and people will have to travel and we have to have enough capacity um, on our planes so um, we also have to have pilots and crew being able to fly those planes. So we have made a capacity plan for summer, but uh, every pilot has to have enough flight hours um, in order to, uh, to manage that whole uh, capacity plan. So what is happening now is that we have started a kind of warm-up um, flight schedule where we know we will not be able to fill all those, um, those seats, 
but we invest in uh, training and in uh, flight hours for the crew in order to be able to have safe flights during uh, high season. Yeah, that, that's... And it's a big investment uh, which we are doing. Um, but we want to be ready by the time that people want to travel again. Yeah, that's sure. That's sure. That's uh, well, I was thinking that that's a big investment and that's all the, the, the commitment and the anticipation and, and uh, all the, that's required to be done to be sure that you uh, as a company can provide the best experience to your customer and not having to refuse a customer because you are out of capacity and not uh, anticipating this. Uh, this uh, yeah. Go no. back to uh, something uh, more more expected or normal. But, um, mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we, we want we it, it's of course for our company it's it's a crucial element that we have um, uh, customers flying in a safe way. So we have to make sure that our pilots have the necessary hours. Thank you, Anne Marie, for joining us today. That was really really interesting. Uh, I hope that uh, the audience will really like uh, the the knowledge, the the learning, the the, the backstage of uh, what's happening in the, in the travel industry. And um, until next week. I hope you have a, a great weekend. Yeah, thank Bye. you very much. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our latest episode. If you enjoyed this week's topic, and we hope you did, let us know by leaving a five-star rating on Apple Podcast, and don't forget to share it with your network. See you all next week.